California citizens are fighting to repeal a new law that would ban teaching that families with a mom and dad are the norm. And CBS anchor Katie Couric is asking the presidential candidates if fidelity to one's spouse should be a criterion for selecting our leaders. Plus, we'll ask a political scientist why Democrats are mostly liberal. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. Were you surprised? Your ad, not Giuliani's. Giuliani's yeah. ad is leaving us all feeling a little queasy. Were you surprised uh, at the reaction this ad? No, I was, or did I you was know it was going to shocked. Come no, I was shocked. I mean, what we tried to do was to sort of change the political discourse that was going on. Everything was so negative. Uh, we were being hammered on every side. Mitt Romney was running nonstop attack ads. Uh, he and Fred Thompson were poisoning everybody's mailbox. I mean, most people go to the mailbox to look for Christmas cards, a little, uh, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men sort of thing. And instead, every time they pick up their mail, it's like, Mike Huckabee is this, Mike Huckabee did this. And we said, you know, let's change the discussion a little bit. The funniest thing of all, and this is absolutely amazing to us, this idea that there was a subliminal message, the floating cross, it is a bookshelf, people. I don't know a about that, book shelf. It's a to me. Wait, hold on a second. Okay, okay, Governor. But our Marxist, Mika Brzezinski, disagrees. All right, that's uh, Mike Huckabee Mika, defending his you, ad. Actually, what you didn't catch was with my eyes, I was signaling in Morse code mm. a very secret message mm. to all the evangelicals out there. Exactly. And you have to watch very carefully to catch that. I, I told some reporters yesterday that if you play the spot backwards, it says, Paul is dead. Oh Paul is dead. Paul is dead. Well, well I have to tell you, Governor, I felt blessed watching that ad. Did. I did. I, I felt the light shining down on you. You Thank were being you. sarcastic. Yes, I am. Well, he's not talking about uh, Paul, Ron Paul there. He's actually joking. That's Mike Huckabee joking about the Beatles' uh, White Album. And uh, that urban legend that if a portion of that album is played backwards, then the word Paul is, the words Paul is dead is heard, and sort of a uh, reference to the very much alive Paul McCartney. Mike Huckabee has uh, had to deal with criticism of his ad. We played it yesterday. Let's play it again. Are you about worn out of all the television commercials you've been seeing? Mostly about politics. I don't blame you. At this time of year, sometimes it's nice to pull aside from all of that and just remember that what really matters is the celebration of the birth of Christ and being with our family and our friends. I hope that you and your family will have a magnificent Christmas season. And on behalf of all of us, God bless and Merry Christmas. I'm Mike Huckabee, and I approve this message. 
What do you think of that ad? Uh, we talked about it yesterday, but we'd still love to hear from you on that, 800-881-9270. Uh, he was on uh, Joe Scarborough's uh, program this morning talking about it. As I watched the ad, it didn't look like a bookshelf to me. It looked like uh, window panes behind him, and it certainly was the shape of a cross. Uh, another person who was critical of this was uh, Bill Donahue, who is a president of the Catholic League. And he said Huckabee went beyond wishing people a joyous holiday. He was especially disturbed by this cross-like image created by this white bookcase in the background of the ad. He said he believed it was a subliminal message. Mike Huckabee denies that. Uh, And this is what Donahue says. He says, what he's trying to say to the evangelicals in western Iowa is, I'm the real thing. Uh, He said this uh, Tuesday night, last night on Fox News Channel's Fox, and uh, actually he said this yesterday on Fox and Friends. He said, you know what? Sell yourself on your issues, not on what your religion is. Do you think that's what Mike Huckabee is trying to do? Is he trying to uh, become the Christian candidate, saying that he's the Christian and that uh, makes him qualified to be the candidate. Well, this week, uh, the CBS Evening News program has been airing its series called Primary Questions. And anchor uh, Katie Couric asked all the candidates how important marital fidelity should be in choosing leaders. And the responses were quite interesting. You can read them on the Drudge Report, and we'll discuss them later in the program. Also, this week, Senator Joe Lieberman, a Democrat who was elected as an independent in Connecticut uh, as senator, endorsed a Republican, John McCain, for president. So the question is, is Lieberman an old-style Democrat, a national security hawk, uh, a la FDR, and then a social and economic liberal? What's happened to the Democrat Party? Why is it so blue? Why is it so liberal? We're going to ask a political science uh, scientist, journalist, Mark Stricker, and uh, that'll be later in the program. But right now, I want to talk about what's happening in California, because that's where I was born, grew up, and I have a lot of family there. Uh, and uh, there's some recommendations being made for school curriculum for books that should be in the school libraries, in the classrooms. And uh, this... Um, group called the Safe Schools Coalition is recommending for two-year-olds, I guess those are preschoolers, uh, a book called Felicia's Favorite Story. Now, that's about how Felicia was adopted by her two mothers. Uh, I'm sure this would be not at all confusing to the average two-year-old. Also, for children uh, ages four through eight, this group, the Safe Schools Coalition, recommends, Are You a Girl or a Boy? Now, I think most kids know by this age. But this particular book, Are You a Girl or a Boy, lays out certain options. Homosexuality, are you a homosexual, bisexual, transgender, or other alternatives, which I guess under other you include boy or girl. Uh, this book has been described as a sweet book about gender, different children. Uh, this is also recommended. Then there's another recommendation for K-12, through Tackling Gay Issues in School. Uh, recommends certain extracurricular activities. Other recommendations include a curriculum to teach homosexual history to students beginning at age five. And, of course, their operative slogan here is, let's uh, set the record straight. History isn't. The list goes on, and uh, it's not surprising that uh, after the passage of a bill, SB 777 in California, parents are scrambling to deal with this. And with us to talk about this is Randy Thomason. He is with the Campaign for California Families. He's a great voice out there on the West Coast for pro-family values. Randy, thank you for joining me. 
Tenna, joyous Christmas to you. Good to be with you. Joyous Christmas to you. And uh, unfortunately, you're having to deal with a, a bill that doesn't seem to be too popular with families in California, but the legislature passed it anyway. One of nine pro-homosexual bills signed by the governor this year. But this one, SB 777, has really kind of pushed the buttons of some families, uh, gone a little bit too far because it really uh, sort of changes the definition of the family in school curriculum. Tell us about it. Well, SB 777, which is the law, and it's going to go into effect in January, prohibits any instruction or school-sponsored activities that, quote-unquote, promotes a discriminatory bias against uh, gender, that's cross-dressing, sex changes, and sexual orientation, which is uh, homosexuality and bisexuality in the law. Now, uh, the schools are only going to be able to prove that they're not, quote-unquote, discriminating. If they include these lifestyles right alongside marriage, they have to have homosexual marriage. Right alongside boy and girl, they have to have transgender. And the list goes on. This is going to affect every part of the government school system. There's no opt-out for parents, teachers, or schools, or school districts. And uh, that's only one bill that's now law, and another bill is going to uh, push the same sexual agenda, homosexuality, bisexuality, and transsexuality through a mandatory anti-harassment training for students, parents, and teachers. It's the uh, takeover to make all public schools in California sexual indoctrination centers, and this is why we're encouraging all parents in California to get their kids out of the government school system into the sanctuary of homeschooling or private schools. Well, it seems like uh, that's what's happening because a lot of these uh, groups are getting uh, requests uh, and informational, you know, inquiries uh, from parents, and I noticed in uh, one of the newspaper articles that a group called, uh, or a website called Discover Christian Schools, uh, is just being overwhelmed, and also there's a ministry called Considering Homeschooling, and that's been inundated with requests for information. And uh, that's because, you know, our children, at least in California, they're really not safe from this agenda. Um, right now, certain groups are recommending books like the ones I listed, but this is going to be top-down once this is implemented, isn't it, Randy? Well, it really is. I mean, we're talking about uh, what's on the chalkboard, what's uh on the video, what's handed out, what's in the textbook, what the teacher says, what the guest speaker says, what the music uh, is going to be, what the drama is going to be, the school sports, uh, the bathrooms, the uh, school clubs, the school assemblies. I'm really concerned about sex education because they're going to have to say, hey, look, boys, some of you are having the the Adam's apple, and you're going to get the hair on the chin. You're going to get taller, and your voice is going to get deeper. Uh, but some of you, uh, you might uh, feel like a female inside. We're manda- mandated to tell you that there are other options. Here's a handout on transgenderism yeah. and a phone number you can call if you um, have that inclination. You know, this is stuff that's going to put terrible things into kids' heads, and this goes all the way down to kindergarten without parental permission. You know, when I was, in, when I was a little tyke, I like boys more than girls. I thought girls had cooties. Right. And if, if now I'm going to be told, as if I were going back in time, and the teacher says, hey, Randy, uh, if you like boys more than girls, or if you don't like girls, maybe you're gay. I mean, think about that in my head. I might laugh. I might even experiment if I were slightly rebellious. What a horrible message that is going to capture 
and destroy the minds of millions of California children. My guest is Randy Thomason. He is founder and president of Campaign for Children and Families and also Campaign for California Families, dealing with this horrible legislation out in California. And, you know, when this was passed, of course, there's a pretty liberal uh, legislature and assembly there, Randy. But still, uh, really, the mantra was that this was going to clarify anti-discrimination laws that were already on the books. But immediately after Schwarzenegger signed this, uh, people just started weighing in on what needed to be in the curriculum, and now we see it really is about the promotion of the homosexual and transgender agenda, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. It's it's the curriculum, it's the instruction and activities are the part of this new law that is going to be the sledgehammer against school districts. There's going to be forcing this agenda, promoting these lifestyles in the instruction the activities of every California government school from kindergarten through 12th grade and even into the community colleges. The sledgehammer is the legal tool now going to be forced on these districts by the attorneys of the California State uh, Department of Education and the attorneys of the homosexual activists. They will come in and they will sue. Uh, The examples you gave on the show when we started here were actually so so homosexual quote-unquote children can take over the class stand up and be noticed, that was based upon a law that was signed um, in uh, September uh, 1999, uh, which said uh, the schools have to accept homosexual, bisexual, and transsexual students and teachers. Well, if they can take over the class using a law from eight years ago, just think what yeah, they're going to do. By the with Let me ask you another law. quick question here, Randy, because also I'm seeing in these articles the idea that this bill is really going to have something to do with bathrooms because of this transgender agenda. Tell us about that. Well, I'll tell you, this is already a problem in Los Angeles uh, Unified, the largest school district in the state, and uh, they're already allowing boys who think that they're girls and girls who think that they're boys to go into the restroom of their choice. Um, But under uh, SB 777, um, you're going to have this happening uh, around the state. Um, You're just seeing the beginning of it. So you get to go in the bathroom that you want, that you feel like is your gender. Why not? If I I identify, uh, I mean... The, 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 actual, um, the actual definition of gender uh, in, the, uh, in the bill, in the new law, is, is crazy. I'm going to read you a quick definition of gender that is uh, now in actually... Randy, can uh, you stick with me a little bit more? Because we've, we've got a mandatory break here. Uh, this is scary stuff here. Why does this matter? We live in Texas, and uh, we're more conservative... Our laws uh, are not what California's laws are with regard to the school. There are some protections against this teaching. But Texas and California are the two largest textbook purchasers in the country. They drive the content, and uh, California is driving some of the content of books that are going to go across the country. We've got to pay attention to what's happening in California. More with Randy Thomason on uh, SB 777 and uh, really the fight to... uh, protect our children. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian 
frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. There are many things I wish for this holiday season. I wish for peace with strength, secure borders, a government that spends less than it takes in, lower taxes for our businesses and families. And I really hope that all of the presidential candidates can just get along. <laughs> I was with you right up until that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have everything. I'm Rudy Giuliani, and I approve this message. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. That's Rudy. He's in a red sweater and a red tie with Santa Claus. Of course, Santa hands him a candy cane uh, at the end after laughing at that idea of the presidential candidates getting along. And uh, I don't know exactly why Joe Scarborough got queasy about that ad. Uh, but that is his version of a Christmas ad. And uh, we're going to talk about the presidential candidates a little later. They were asked a question on CBS by Katie Couric about uh, how important fidelity in marriage is uh, to a leader, whether that should be a criterion for uh, voting for someone or supporting someone. And uh, their answers were interesting. We'll also get your responses on that. But, you know, parents, when they send their kids to school, want the assurance that when their children leave on the school bus or, you know, walking to school or they drop them off, that they are going to learn the fundamentals of reading, writing, and arithmetic, not all this social indoctrination, especially having to do with alternative sexual lifestyles or what you perceive your sexual orientation to be. But in California, that is really getting messed up, especially under this regime of SB 777, a new bill that's going into effect in January. With me, Randy Thomason for Campaign for California Families to talk about this. And Randy, uh, really, the governor is sort of slamming traditional values holding parents uh, when he when he signs a bill like this. I mean, didn't he uh, refuse to sign a similar bill a year or so ago? That's right, but now it's after the election. He doesn't need to fool conservatives anymore. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a liberal Republican, very similar to Rudy Giuliani, who uh, marched in homosexual, bisexual, and transsexual parades and actually held events at his uh, Gracie Mansion in New York City multiple times for homosexual activists and actually led the charge to undermine marriage by giving marriage rights to homosexuals at the uh, New York City level. Um, this is the liberal Republican model that says, I like my money, but I don't like morality. And this is uh, the problem when Governor Schwarzenegger and the Democrats push this stuff. Um, you talk about this as a California issue. Well, it's going to be coming to all states, not just through the eventual textbooks, because California drives the textbooks even for Texas, um, we're still the largest population state and have that type of good or bad influence, bad in this case. But you've got to look at what is in the government schools now. You've got different models, homeschooling, private schools, that's under the control of the parents. The government schools are not under the control of the parents. They are under the control of the government. And in every uh, part of the country, every state, you have uh, public schools, uh, doing evolution training, which promotes unbelief in God. 
Public schools distributing condoms and birth control pills without parental consent. Public schools uh, referring for confidential, quote-unquote, abortions and outside counseling behind parents' backs. Widespread rejection of religious values. No effective discipline. You can't even discipline children effectively in the public school system. Negative peer pressure. How many nose rings are we going to have to see on boys Mm -hmm. next to our kids? Less safety and less academic success on average than private or home schools. Add to that the homosexual indoctrination of the gay-straight alliances, which are in a lot of clubs, and the days of diversity and the, um, the days of silence. These are in your state, too. And it's going to get worse because you've got to make the, the, the style now to, to do your own homeschooling or private schooling. We've got lots of resources at our website, saveamerica.net. You can homeschool. You can do private school. Penna, this is why I say you've got to even do it now with your parents who are listening. If you get used to dumping your kids off at the government school and thinking that someone else is going to be in charge of your child's education, you're going to train yourself to be very resistant once the sexual indoctrination comes in a few years to your state. We've got parents in California, mothers I've talked to, mothers that are faithful, saying, I'm going to make the sacrifices of time or money to protect my child's innocence. I've also talked to other mothers who say, oh, we can't homeschool or we can't afford private school. But you know what? They're affording other things, and they're creating time for other things. They've simply gotten into a bad habit of shoving their kids into someone else's hands. Okay, Randy, I want to uh, go back and let you finishing, uh, finish answering uh, the question about gender, because th- this homosexual agenda has been pushed for a while. Those battles are being fought all over the country. As you said, some states are doing better resisting it, but nobody's resisting it fully. It's there. But this whole transgender agenda, I mean, it was in the hate crimes bill. It was in the Employment Non-Discrimination Act on the federal level. So it's not just homosexuals and lesbians. Now there's this whole idea of defining yourself uh, as, you know, whatever gender, uh, gender, not necessarily the one you were born with. This gender fluidity thing, why is that becoming part of this? It seems like this just makes it less palatable. Um, it shows how much ground has been lost. Uh, the definition of gender in California law is now gender means sex and includes a person's gender identity and gender-related appearance and behavior, whether or not stereotypically associated with the person's assigned sex at birth, quote, end quote. That means any which way you want to be. That means gender bending. And this is a definition which is in the Penal Code of California, the Civil Code, the Government Code, and now the Education Code. It could even easily be put into the Family Code, so even that a man and a woman for marriage can be, well, (laughs) how do you feel like a man? How do you feel like a woman? Uh, This is why there's even a new uh, uh, pejorative has been created by the left called transphobia. And uh, so we got homophobia and now transphobia, and uh, we're all messed up if we think that the, that's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, part of this agenda is to say that uh, in history, for instance, uh, historical figures, uh, some were homosexual, maybe some transgender or whatever. These people need to be emphasized in the curriculum now, according to some of these groups that are weighing in with uh, oh, yeah. the oh, schools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the effect of SB 777 in, in the law means that teachers will either voluntarily or by force say Walt Whitman was homosexual, the Apostle Paul maybe was homosexual, 
King David was maybe homosexual. Like we all need to know, you yeah. know, what their what their perversions the, were. Well, and the, the, the couple examples they gave are completely inaccurate, but those are the claims of homosexual activists who would even say Abraham Lincoln was homosexual because he slept in the same bed with, with a man when he was rooming with the guy, and they had only one bed. I mean, come on, those were the log cabin days. But you know what? Those are lies that are trying to inculcate this new belief onto the children. Um, you know, very, very concerned about children's health, very, very concerned about children's minds. If we tell children don't smoke because of health reasons, then by all means we should be telling them do not engage in homosexuality, bisexuality, or transsexuality, which have more diseases associated with them than any other lifestyle. Um, I, 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 mm-hmm. I get very sad when I hear about even young college kids, uh, girls who have a, a, what's called a, a chest job, which is removal of their healthy breasts, or boys who have their sex organ cut off. These are body parts you cannot get back, and there's significant regret that goes along with this type of confusion. This is what's going to be pushed upon kids. I, I, I tell you the truth. Uh, this, before this law happened, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a Christian family that called me. I know who they are personally, and they said, our son came home from high school and called us bigots because we don't support homosexuality. They thought that they had him... Uh, taught the right way, and he was spending more time at school getting indoctrinated, and he came home and threw it back in their faces. This is going to be more and more the experience of parents who are in la-la land because they've shoved their kids into someone else's hands. Randy Thomason, Campaign for California Families. Uh, We know that uh, your prescription for this is for parents to get their kids out of the public school. Uh, Is there anything else that people who've got uh, family friends in California, just specifically with regard to this bill, is there anything that we can do at this point? Yes. um, Tell them the bad news and tell them get into homeschooling or church schooling. If you know pastors, they can start a school um, without high-paid teachers. They can do it by uh, Internet or by correspondence courses, uh, very cheap to homeschool a church for $40 a month or $70 a month. Um, We've got so much information to direct people to our website is the number one thing to do, which is uh, saveamerica.net. Saveamerica.net. We've got all the links to the solutions as well as evidence of the problems at saveamerica.net. Give your children a Christmas gift. Get them out of the uh, sexual indoctrination uh, uh, threat. Give your California friends and family a gift of information and a solution that they can actually protect their children and actually protect the real definition of family. Randy Thomason, thank you so much for being with us, and thanks for your hard work out there uh, in California and really on behalf of people across the nation that uh, love the traditional values that have served us so well for so long. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Penna. Good to talk to you again. Joyous Christmas. Same to you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is a problem. I mean, we may not see it and feel it uh, here in uh, the Bible Belt, but the advancing homosexual agenda is uh, being... Uh, it's really being pushed on the national level. It wasn't successful in some of the bills that Congress uh, considered because President Bush stood with his veto pin. That may not be the case with another White House, but uh, just uh, good to get this information about what's happening out there. It's not all fruits and nuts out in California. There are some really great conservatives out there like Randy Thomason. Well, uh, next segment, uh, we're going to answer the question, what does Senator Joe Lieberman, a Democrat, Uh, now uh, sort of holding office as an independent caucusing with the Democrats. What is his endorsement of a Republican 
presidential candidate mean? Uh, he endorsed Senator John McCain. Uh, our next guest is going to tell us about that and sort of talk about what has happened to the Democrat Party. There used to be some real national security hawks in the party, like Joe Lieberman. There aren't many left, or at least they all stick together to fight President Bush. But we're going to talk about the Democrat Party, what's happening to it, and how secular liberals hijacked it. That's after this. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. I'm proudly here to urge Republicans and independents in New Hampshire to come out on January 8th and make John McCain the next president of the United States. That's Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman, and uh, he is a Democrat. Uh, He ran, though, for Senate as an independent because he wasn't going to be nominated by his party because mostly because of his position uh, on the war in Iraq, uh, supporting President Bush. Anyway, he's uh, now endorsing a Republican, John McCain, and he does it because uh, they're pretty much on the same page with regard to national security and the war in Iraq. And, uh, you know, it just kind of begs the question, what has happened to the Democrat Party? There used to be some national security hawks in that party, And Joe Lieberman seems to be a rare breed uh, at this time. With us to discuss this is Mark Strickers. He is a journalist, and he is also the author of a new book entitled Why the Democrats Are Blue, How Secular Liberals Hijack the People's Party. Uh, He's a political science, and he's written for The Washington Post and The Weekly Standard of the New Republic. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Penna. Uh, What do you make of this endorsement by Joe Lieberman of John McCain? Oh, it just shows that... um the secular liberals in the party have too much power and that they, the party needs to be democratized to loosen their grip over the party machinery. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Oh, Democrat. I love the old Democratic Party that ran from 1948 to 68 that did uh, so many great things for the country, um, whether civil rights for blacks, the creation of Medicare and Medicaid, or defeating the Nazis, um, or even the war on poverty. Uh, and the, the, the current party hasn't done anything approaching those accomplishments since. We can debate some of the uh, welfare issues another time, right. but uh, I really want to talk about national security right now. Are there others in that party that you can name who are like Lieberman and like you in their thoughts on national security and, and particularly uh, admitting that the surge is working, which it obviously is? Right. Um, uh, Joe Biden would probably be the best example of someone who's, who's like that. I mean, he's been a critic of the policy, but I think he was generally supportive of, inv- of invasion. Uh, but none of the top-tier candidates really is uh, an unabashed supporter of the war um, in the way the old Democrats uh, were. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, who do you think is going to win the White House? Yeah, tough question. It depends. Uh, it's also, and it's not. This is not a hedge. You know, people say, well, geez, these pundits, they don't have a... Oh, I don't think any of us can say who's going to win, right. It's just so hard to tell because conditions change. Um, Sort of like in baseball, everybody thinks at the beginning of the season the Yankees will win because they got all these star players and they got all this money. But other factors come to the fore. I mean, the current race is shaping up the fact that Hillary Clinton looks like she'll be the Democratic nominee despite her troubles. And her problem is that a lot of Americans just don't like her. Um, So I think that really gives a real opening. And to her 
positions on cultural and social issues are still way to the left of the American people. And if the Republicans nominate a social conservative, I still think I like the Republicans' chances. One of the things I noticed in your book is that uh, you not only are critical of the anti-war activists that are influencing the Democrat Party to such a great degree, but you think the feminists have also done some damage. Tell us about that. Well, they benefit from an institutional rule in the party that no one else has talked about, and that's the quotas for female delegates. Um, half of all fem- Democratic delegates at the nominating convention must be female. Uh, it's done by fiat or quota. And uh, yes, This is only because, the Democrats. The Republicans don't do this, The Republicans do don't have that right. I mean, pro-life Democrat women, I guess, could run for those, be delegates, but um, <clears throat> the women who are pro-choice tend to be have the time, once we're delegates have the time and the money, uh, unlike the pro-life women. so Some of them have, have aborted their kids, so they're not right. home-raising them. Right, exactly. And it's just, if I could just go into one brief example of how much power the women have, I think your readers would be fascinated. All right, Mark, uh, let me see. I've got one more question for sure. you, and uh, I guess I just want to get you to give me an overall assessment of uh, how the liberals got control of the party. I know that I, I believe the Democrat Party has always been fairly to the left on economic issues. Right. But it hasn't been on the social issues necessarily, like, um, you know, the family, the traditional right. family and things. Right. What happened? What happened is that, uh, here's the one sentence, is that anti-war liberals used the 1969 to 72 McGovern Commission to hijack the National Democratic Party uh, and uh, impose their secular values on the party. Uh, you know, driving away the Catholics and blue-collar workers, the two old constituents, constituencies in the party, you know, and I think that's helping cause uh, the defeat of six of the last nine presidential, Democratic presidential nominees. Um, what does that mean? I mean, so my book is really, it shows how if you and I want to take over a, a political party, how how do we do it? We wouldn't shoot anybody. We wouldn't blow up any buildings. Um, we would ch- change the delegate selection rules, and that's what this McGovern mm. Commission I talk about uh, did in ways that persist to this day, and no one has really talked about until uh, my book. All right. Uh, the book is Why the Democrats Are Blue, How Secular Liberals Hijack the People's Party. You've got some policy prescriptions for the party uh, to take it back, uh, to get some common sense back into it. Mark Strickers, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me on, Pat. It was a good talk. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to mention to you what's been going on this week on CBS Evening News. They've got a series called Primary Questions. Katie Couric, the anchor, sits down with the presidential candidates, and she asks what makes them tick. Uh, a lot of different questions, but here's one question she's been asking all of them. Uh, Harry Truman once said, this is how she prefaces it, President Harry Truman once said, and I quote, a man not honorable in his marital relations is not usually honorable in any other some voters say they don't feel comfortable supporting someone who's not remained faithful uh, to his or her spouse. Can you understand or appreciate their point of view? And he's asking everybody this question. I thought it was very interesting to see the answers. There's a lot of undercurrent in the answers, and a lot of it has to do with, first of all, whether or not you're liberal or conservative, but also it has to do with whether or not uh, this person has a um, faithful marriage. And if they haven't, then they certainly can't uh, say that a leader... Uh, has to be faithful to their spouse. So, uh, for instance, uh, here's the answer from Hillary. Uh, well, I can certainly uh, understand why some people would feel that way, and uh, and that is their perfect right to do so. You could just hear Hillary saying this. But I think that would be a tough standard for most of uh, American uh, history 
to be able to meet. When we look at people who have made a big difference in our country, of course, she's talking about her husband. She says, I think there's more to someone's honor and integrity and to their public service. I think sometimes we confuse the private and the public. We heard that a lot during her husband's administration. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about it? I mean, just give me a call, 800-881-9270. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about whether or not marital fidelity is an important criterion for selecting a leader, especially the president. Now, uh, John Edwards was asked the same question by Katie Couric, and he says, uh, I mean, for a lot of Americans, including the family that I grew up with, I mean, it's it's fundamental to uh, how you judge people and human character, whether you keep your word, whether you keep what is your ultimate word, which is that you love your spouse and you'll stay with them. Of course, and right in the middle of this, he's being accused of infidelity, and this is just coming out of the Inquirer, and I really don't believe these accusations about John Edwards. Uh, But it's kind of interesting to have that as a backdrop. But I'd like to know what uh, you think about this. And, of course, uh, Katie Couric is sort of pressing these people. She says, do you think... What about people who use this as a way to evaluate a candidate? In other words, there have been a number of fine presidents, according to some analysts, who have certainly not exhibited the greatest moral character. Does moral character matter in a president is basically what the question uh, she's asking. And uh, she's wondering if infidelity in a marriage matters. Uh, She also went ahead and she really pressed and pushed John Ed. Edwards on this, and he said, well, yes, it's a factor, but I don't think it's controlling. So here's where the liberal-conservative divide comes. He's a liberal, and uh, he is not totally going to say that fidelity in marriage is an important uh, sort of a qualifier for being president. Then uh, she asked Rudy Giuliani the same question. Of course, every time she asked it, she quoted Harry Truman again, and then she just asked the same question to all of them. And she asked Rudy Giuliani if he could understand people's reservations to someone who did not remain faithful to his or her spouse. Here's Rudy Giuliani. He said, sure, I can. Absolutely. You know, uh, they look, uh, the every single part of us, sort of not grammatical here, but, and the only thing, only thing I can say to people is I'm not perfect. That's his mantra. I'm not perfect, you know, and I've made mistakes in my life and, uh, And that, not uh, just in that area, but in other areas, I try to learn from it. I try to. I feel sorry about them. I try to. I try to learn from them so I don't repeat them. Of course, that's what he's got to say since uh, he's on his third marriage. And as we all know, he wasn't faithful to his other, um, his former wife. Uh, Rudy Giuliani again saying, sometimes I even repeat them and you, you try again. I mean... You have a more generous view of human beings and a more generous view of life. Do we need to have a generous view of life? He says, it comes from growing up as a Catholic. I mean, we're all sinners. We're all struggling. We're all trying hard. We ask for forgiveness. And then we try to improve ourselves again. And I relate to other people that way. I relate to the world that way. So really what Rudy Giuliani is doing there is asking for forgiveness for his past infidelity, saying that does not disqualify him from being a president of the United States. We'll talk a little bit more in the next segment about what some of these other candidates said in answer to this question. I think it's very interesting because we'll go to Barack Obama. We'll see what he has to say. 
Uh, he, as far as we know, has been very faithful to his his wife, Michelle, and has a, had a good marriage, as has Joe Biden. And his answer was also interesting. We'll talk about Mike Huckabee's answer. But I want to know what you think. Do you think fidelity in marriage is important in a presidential candidate, in a person that we choose as our national leader? This may be something that will factor into your choice and who you vote for. So we'd love to hear from you. 800-881-9270. We'll talk about this more right after this. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Here's a question again that Katie Couric was asking the presidential candidates on CBS. Many people don't feel comfortable supporting someone who has not remained faithful to his or her spouse. Uh, And she asked Mike Huckabee, for instance, can you understand their position? We've got lots of folks lining up wanting to weigh in on this. This is what Mike Huckabee said. Uh, He said, I can. If you violate the promise that you made to the one person on earth whom you're supposed to be closest to, and this vow was made in front of your families, your closest friends, and God, you don't keep that, then... Can we trust you to keep a promise that you made to people you don't even know? And I think that's the parallel, and that's that's the concern. Is that a promise you make to a spouse? Is that the most sacred one you ever make to anyone on this earth? And if you don't keep that and you break that, then I think there's a good reason to be afraid that you might break the other promises because your credibility has has really been damaged at this point. Let's go to the phones and speak with San Diego and Cedar Hill. Hi, San Diego. Thank you for calling. Well, thanks for having me on the line. You know, I think, uh, really uh, believe that if you cannot take care of your take care of your own household, you know, and be faithful to your wife, you know, the vows that you made and the commitments that that are typically, you know, that are, you know, really, you know, sacred. How can you do that for your own house, uh, as far as your family or a nation? And it seems to me like with Rudy Giuliani that you know the statements that the comments that were that were made was. He's trying to give a, uh, kind of like a, an exemption that you know, I, that, you know, for the for the nation that you know what it's so it's okay to be unfaithful uh, and at the same time lead a nation. And so th- there's a there's a contradiction in between your lifestyle 
and the way that you lead your San life. San Diego, what about a candidate like John McCain? I mean, he was unfaithful to his wife, I think, when he got back from uh, Vietnam, and he ended up, um, I think, marrying the person that he actually had the relationship with and leaving his wife, divorcing her. But that's a long time ago. He's been married like 25 years or more to Cindy. What about that? You know, I think that, you know, people make mistakes, and I think when you come to the understanding and realization of your mistakes, and, and of course, you know, I don't want to sound like Rudy Giuliani, that, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I think we all know that, you know, people are not perfect. The only one that's perfect is Christ. But in Rudy Giuliani's case, it sounds to me like he's, He's committing the same mistake over and over, and it's okay as long as he asks for forgiveness when he makes it. And there doesn't seem like a true um, repentance or, you know, of, of the mistake, and he's causing the same mistake over and over. Okay, okay. Thanks, San Diego. We appreciate your call and you weighing in. And here's John McCain. Because he has this baggage, he says, you know, that's that's an area where I never get into because I think that people make judgments and you can judge other people. I'm not very good at that, blah, 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 blah. So that's John McCain. He can't really come down on this issue. Let's go now to Geraldine. In, let's go to Shannon in Carrollton. Uh, Geraldine, I guess we lost. So Shannon is there in Carrollton. Thanks for calling. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Really, it's a simple matter of integrity, and I wholeheartedly agree with Mike Huckabee in the statement that if you can break that vow in marriage, and that is really a much bigger promise, a lifelong commitment, then how are you planning to keep your promise to a country? And when you're talking about integrity and you're talking about the character of a man who's supposed to lead the nation, I think as a voter, it's very important to look at that. Now, you know, the previous caller, you know, talked about, well, 25 years ago, that was a kind of a past mistake for John McCain, but we still need to look at the character. Is he a man of integrity? And I think that that's coming to light with a lot of the candidates. Thank you very much for your call, Shannon. We appreciate, again, the number is 800-881-9270. Here's Senator Obama, and he has a little bit of the liberalism mixed in with the fact that he's got a faithful marriage. He says, well, I, you, you know, I, I. (laughs) They're all sort of equivocating. I do think that public morality and private morality are not some, you know, not equivalent. Uh, You know, we have some of our greatest presidents haven't always been terrific husbands, and uh, some who have been terrific husbands have been rotten presidents. And then he uh, says other countries have typically been a little bit more casual about this than we are, so should we lower our standards? Then he goes back and says he's got a great marriage, and but his marriage alone shouldn't qualify him for being president. Of course not. So he doesn't really give uh, a full answer on either way. But he says, um, should he was asked the question, should infidelity qual- disqualify someone? And uh, he basically says, I, I know I'm very cautious about really answering that. Uh, And then he goes on to the fact that he indulged in drugs and he wants to be forgiven for that. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Mary in Dallas. Hi, Mary. Thanks for calling. Hi. How are you doing? Great. Um, You know, I have my opinion on uh, people who, men, women, it doesn't matter. If they commit adultery to the person that they, you know, vow to love for the rest of their lives. You know, in order to do that, they're devout liars. And how in the world can we allow someone to take over our country who is such a devout liar? So, If you you can lie to the person that's supposedly uh, the person closest to you that you should trust the most and that trusts you the most. 
That's right. And, uh, and, and in order to be unfaithful each and every time uh, the mate asks them where they're going, what they're doing, they're lying. So they go into office auto- automatically devout liars. So how can, how can we, as the American people, how can we trust them? Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, that point. I think it was a wonderful one. I just want to uh, quote Joe Biden a little bit, because his was interesting. He's a liberal Democrat, but uh, he says, this is really dicey. Let me say it this way. I think uh, this way. I think that one's character, one's honesty, one's integrity is a habit of the mind. I don't think people can be dishonest in one aspect of their life and compartmentalize it and be viewed as being honest in other parts of their life. He says, if the tendency is to cut a corner, if the tendency is not to tell the truth, the probability is that in a moment of crisis where that person's interests are at stake, they're likely to revert to the bad tendencies. We've seen that in recent leaders. And uh, one who's whose wife is asking us to elect her president. He says, if the habit of the heart and the habit of the mind is that uh, whether you're dealing with promising the parking attendant, you're going to be back in 20 minutes, or you're telling your wife something, or you're going to the nation and making a commitment. He says, habits are habits. I think that's a very good point. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a great discussion. We appreciate all of you weighing in on this. And I think uh, it just reminds us that uh, there is the personal and the character area to uh, think about when we think about candidates. I want to remind you that uh, tomorrow on Thursday will be Theology Day on Jerry Johnson Live. Dr. Barry Creamer will host the program. It ought to be a lot of fun. Think of your questions for Dr. Creamer now. You might even want to try to stump him. I don't think you'll be able to. On Friday, Kirby Anderson uh, will join me. And, uh, of course, he's an old colleague and friend of mine. He's got a new book out on Islam and why it's important and why we need to understand the religion of Islam. And also Van Hip uh, is going to join us talking about national security, especially Iran's nuclear program. And, you know, uh, the Bible talks about a man and wife cleaving to one another and uh, really that uh, what God has put together, no man should put asunder. But I just want to go back to Mike Huckabee very quickly. He says that there have been some great presidents who had some personal issues and we all have flaws. But he says it's very important that you model in your personal life the kind of integrity and loyalty that you'll have in your professional life. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.